and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz. We have another edition of our Fantasy Files on the way. I want to break down about Derrick Henry's 2021 season, what we should expect from him in terms of an encore. I mean, you go for 2,000 yards, that's pretty damn good. And just where he should kind of land a general RB landscape. So thanks as always tuning in, coming to you from a hotel today, wedding season, some of my friends. There you go, Jake and Lynn, and we will get right into it. Basically, people... Derrick Henry, we need to almost throw out some of these historical trends that go along with running backs with large workloads because how many running backs have we seen that are 6'3", 247? And honestly, playing in today's modern age of football. And I've, you know, been talking on Twitter, just saying, hey, you know, what is too big of a workload? When do we draw the line? Do we go back to high school stats or college stats? Or, you know, do we consider guys that only run up the middle? Or do we consider when guys, you know, catch balls in the flat, like, we, there's just so many variables that go into a player's like health that I think it's just silly sometimes to assume someone's going to fall back or, you know, use the R word regress just because they were that good a year before, just because they've had X amount of volume. Like I've seen the examples in the past, DeMarco Murray in 2014, you know, fell off a cliff in 2015. Never mind, he came back in 2016, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Massive workload in 2019 gets hurt in 2020. Well, we're all expecting him to come back just fine in 2021. Derrick Henry is seemingly the only guy where, okay, I don't see people making huge stands, ranking him outside their top five fantasy RBs or anything like that. But he seems to be the only guy that people are saying, like, look for a drop off to come because he has had far too many carries. I just don't know because we're looking at one of the bigger exceptions to the position that we've really ever seen. I mean, just looking at pure which running backs in NFL history have led the league in rush attempts, rush yards, and rush touchdowns in the same season. We'll call it the triple crown of rushing. OJ Simpson did it twice in 1973 and 1975. Derrick Henry is the only guy to do it in two seasons in a row as he's done 2019 and 2020. So, and I hear if you don't want to put rush attempts in the triple crown and it's, it's not the best stat I've ever come up with, but either way, the D's been putting up some absolutely astronomical numbers. And I don't think we should just assume those are going to stop just because he had a lot of carries last year. So real quick with some of those numbers, because people, I mean, he has not been a product of volume. And that's what's so special about Derrick Henry. You know, we see a lot of running backs. We say it all the time. We want to chase volume in fantasy football. And if you gave a lot of other running backs Derrick Henry's volume, they would also be fantasy football RB1s. They still wouldn't be Derrick freaking Henry, though. Since he entered the league in 2016, we have 134 qualified running backs in the sample. Derrick Henry ranks number two in PFF rushing grade. He is number, uh, excuse me, number eight, tied for number eight in yards per carry, number three in yards after contact per carry, and tied for 22nd and missed tackles force per carry. So total force missed tackles, he's first. Rushing touchdowns, he's second. Rushing yards after contact, he's second. Rushing yards, he's second. We all know the counting numbers are there, but don't get it twisted. He is also a beast just in terms of any efficiency stat you want to look at. And he's not a terrible receiver either. I mean, look, we've had Dalvin Cook average 10.3 yards after the catch per reception, Austin Eckler 9.9. Only they have been better than Derrick Henry at 9.8. Now, yards after the catch, obviously that's already implying the catch happening, which we all know is where the issue comes a little bit more for Derrick Henry. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he has the best hands. He grades out very low as a receiver and has throughout his career. I just don't think he's someone that needs to be, you know, completely shot away from in the passing game, though. He has an 8.2% career drop rate. No, that's not good, but we never talk about Dalvin Cook having a 9.7%, Kenyon Drake having a 9.6%. Miles Sanders is that at 12.2%. And I feel like people still, you know, almost give him props as a receiver. Miles Sanders is a savage pass blocker. So I'm not trying to slander the guy. Just realize Derrick Henry, you know, 
I think a lot of people would almost expect him to be Ronald Jones-esque in terms of his hands, not quite that bad. So Derrick Henry last year tied with Dalvin Cook for the most forced missed tackles. You guys all know how amazing he was last year, and I don't think we need to get too much more into that. Let's dive back into this volume debate because that's why you're predicting Derrick Henry not to ball out next year. The offensive line, all five starters are back. I mean, the Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, there's no reason why they should, you know, not just be fantastic again. And, you know, with Henry in particular, all we can say with this guy is that he's going to regress because of the volume. And I just don't really buy that. Again, the three main examples people like to use for the 400 touch number, 2014 DeMarco, I mentioned that, 2019 McCaffrey mentioned that, and 2017 Le'Veon Bell. So unless you, you know, expected, hey, Le'Veon Bell, you know, unless you were sitting there in July and just said, wow, Le'Veon's going to be so upset after those touches, he's just going to sit out this whole year. You do not deserve to victory lap that. And how come we're worried about this now for Derrick Henry? Cause he passed this number, you know, in the regular season or he got very close. He had 397 touches. We're now suddenly worried about a drop off coming in touches when last year in 2019, Henry had well over, not well over, but he did clear 400 touches when he considered what he did in the playoffs. So for me, it's another example of us using some arbitrary numbers and small sample sizes that just don't have a ton of, you know, I think just predict the value in the future. Let's look at the top 10 ADP running backs and how many career touches they have had. And I'm going to say career as going back to college, because most of these guys did play at a higher level of competition and those hits should count the same. So with that in mind, Christian McCaffrey has 1,733 touches, Dalvin cook, 1,683 Henry, 1,877. So more than those guys, but not an egregiously amount more. Alvin Kamara still down at 1282 Ezekiel Elliott, 2,304 touches in the course of his college and NFL career. And have you heard anybody wonder if Zeke is truly falling off a cliff because of the touches? Of course not. We're looking at pictures of his six pack at training camp, you know, catching five yard passes from Dak and talking about how he's going to be back to normal with a healthy offensive line and stuff. I'm not saying any of that stuff is wrong. I'm not worried about it for Zeke. You shouldn't be worried about it either. Don't be worried about it for Derrick Henry. That's the moral of the story here. Also, I have Saquon, the 1400s, Nick Chubb in the 1500s, Austin Eckler, 1600, seven touches only about 210 away from Henry Aaron Jones, 1,511, even Jonathan Taylor and some of those Wisconsin year guys, he is already at 1,236 career collegiate and NFL uh, touches. So I get it. Derrick Henry's, you know, high school workloads, a thing of legends. If you look at that senior year game long, it's like these coaches wanted this guy to have an early grave. The amount of times he was giving the ball. I just don't think that we need to necessarily fret too much because as much as Henry's workload has been big last year, this wasn't the case when he walked into the NFL I and mean, people forget Derrick Henry in the year of our Lord, 2018 could not. And by could not, I mean, just wasn't given the opportunity to could not pull away from Dion Lewis because of one Matt LaFleur. And again, in the year 2018, Matt LaFleur gave Derrick Henry 230 touches and Dion Lewis, 214. Now Dion Lewis was a lot better a couple years ago than he is now. I'm not trying to completely shit on Dion Lewis here, but come on. We all know that is a complete coaching malpractice. And I think that has been proven over the last few years. So Derrick Henry got four year, $50 million contract in July. 
His professional injuries are, were a calf strain that happened as a rookie in pregames. He missed one game and a hamstring injury that kept him out in week 16 of 2019. Then the dude played through it and went on that insane playoff run where he had 200 yards in week 17, 182 against the Patriots, 195 against the Titans. Unfortunately, couldn't take down the Chiefs on his own. So Henry has never shown you know the, the injury-prone bug that we talk about. He's shown the ability to handle the load. He's shown the ability to be a high-end fantasy back, real-life back. And I think he's going to be just that again in 2021. The only problem with Henry, quote unquote problem, is the lack of a pass down role. And we talk about, you know, I've talked about at length why I think full point per reception scoring is stupid because Derrick Henry over the past two years has been the overall RB5 and the overall RB3. How the hell do you run for over 2,000 yards and not be the number one running back? With all due respect to Alvin Kamara, I mean, it is purely because of the point per reception scoring. But it's the game we play. Because of that, Derrick Henry comes in as my RB5. I have had to drop him just a little bit because of the Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas news people, which hopefully you were listening to this podcast when a friend's friend uh, gave me that text midway. It was happened like two or three weeks ago. Friend's friend said that Michael Thomas hadn't gotten the ankle cleaned up that ended up coming to fruition. I, I wish I was wrong. I'm not standing here. I'm not sitting here trying to take a victory lap. Believe me, I've spent far more time, you know, ridiculing people that uh, throw the slant boy slander at Michael Thomas. than I did uh, wishing he would get injured by any stretch of the imagination. So hope Mike heals fast. I'm just saying the one big ramification from that is that Alvin Kamara is about to get fed. I mean, we just don't see situations like this where it, like Alvin Kamara is now like the Devonte Adams of his offense. And I mean, it, we just need to get back on the train before the concerns I had were when Michael Thomas has taken a bunch of target share, you take away Michael Thomas. It's not even close people. I mean, in eight games without Michael Thomas last season, the guy averaged 30.9 PPR points. I mean, he really has an argument for the overall PPR RB one. At this point, I would still go McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin cook, <sighs> Maybe Saquon over Kamara. I think Kamara would probably be my RB3 right now after all that news, just because he's still not going to get the same amount of rush attempts as Dalvin CMC. But my goodness, I mean, the amount of receptions they're just going to have to force feed him. It's going to be a sight to see in fantasy land. So uh, good stuff there from Kamara. But yeah, with Henry at RB5, again, I, I would have Saquon, uh, Kamara, Cook and McCaffrey ahead of Henry. I would take Henry ahead, just ahead of Zeke. It's very close. I wouldn't disagree uh, with anyone that thinks otherwise. And that's probably where I'm cutting off the tier. Then we get our Austin Ecklers, our Jonathan Taylors, Antonio Gibsons, uh, th those types of guys, Aaron Jones. I know I'm missing. I know I'm missing a few, but Derrick Henry, RB five. If you want to move him up to, you know, RB four with Saquon, if you're truly concerned about that injury, which I don't think we really need to be, but he did start on the pup list. I get it. I would say any higher than RB four for Derrick Henry might be reaching just a bit too much, unless we're in standard. If we're in standard, knock yourself out, kids. Go get this guy at the 101 if you feel like it. Uh, quickly with the rest of the group. I'm not so sure any other running back here is all that worthy of, you know, fancy and um, just consideration because I don't, I mean, look, Derrick Henry, as great as he is, as a financially invested in him as the Titans are, even he doesn't get a featured three down role. He gets by on the volume, but just from a pure snap, you know, snap standpoint, we consistently see them, you know, take Henry off the field, negative game script for guys like Jeremy McNichols, where it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Last year, 
Derrick Henry played more than 75% of the offensive snaps in three games, including the playoffs. I mean, he never got over 85%. He was under 60% in five games. It's not bad. I mean, the Titans got him at least 15 carries in every single game. I'm not trying to say Henry doesn't get enough usage or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, when we look at a lot of these high-end handcuffs, your Tony Pollard's, your Alexander Madison's, who is a little game script dependent himself. Bad example. Uh, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, um, you know, Latavius Murray. Those are the guys where we have seen proven like 90% snap rates when the starter goes down. I don't think Darrington Evans is going to really be that guy. I mean, we had the funny offseason report last year where the, uh, you know, from Peter King's uh, Monday morning quarterback, Evans has a chance to be a poor man's Kamara, you know, in Peter's defense. Uh, Evans started the year with a hamstring injury. Like he wasn't even healthy enough to potentially be a poor man's uh, Kamara. I just don't really see that pipe dream coming to fruition either way. I think Evans will be the back to own. I just think he'd be more of a low end RB two, as opposed to the world beater that we've seen Henry be maybe Jeremy McNichols even carves out enough of a role. To just make it an annoying two uh, back committee. Ryan Tannehill just goes bonkers on everyone. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the Mike Williams interview on Friday. That was a real fun one to record starting to get a little less nervous when we have these players on, you know, I feel obviously very comfortable talking to you all. And by you all, I mean, uh, the computer in a room by myself, fine with the fantasy analysts still get some of those, uh, you know, nervousness bugs, whatever the hell they're called in my stomach when I'm talking to a player, but we'll continue to get that experience, get better at it. And I would encourage people, if you want to get better at fantasy football, you can save 40% off any PFF subscription to all first time subscribers with promo code, save 40, get access to PFF's fantasy football draft guide, complete with our player rankings and projections, college football preview magazine, first edition of the 2022 NFL draft guide all the pff's locked article content again that's promo code save 40 for 40 percent off any pff description get access to all pff's fantasy tools for 5.99 again thank you for tuning in to pff fantasy football pod and until next time take care everybody